Welcome to the PCTR Podcast. I'm Robbie Itterberg, Senior Pastor. I want to thank you for listening today. We hope that you hear from God and that this podcast encourages you in your faith journey. You can connect with us on social at facebook.com slash PCTRNJ or our Instagram handle, PCTRNJ. Or you can find more information or resources at PCTR.org. Have a great day. Peace. We've had a number of groups in our church um, come up with a plan the Holy Spirit has put on their hearts, and they have gone out to serve. We have had uh, 15 groups and over 130 people involved in this great adventure that the Holy Spirit has brought us on. And we're going to share some of those things with you this morning. And I'm excited to start by sharing about some of our groups where the children and their families were serving. And so I just wanted to introduce my friends Colin and Cameron and my daughter Abby with you as they're going to be helping to share a little bit about how they were involved in serving this fall. So I thought I would start by just sharing with you on Tuesdays, a group of children come together and we were learning about serving and we were praying together about how could we serve in our community and the leaders and I noticed that when the children pray they often are praying for those that don't have enough food or don't have the things that they need and when they were meeting together with their small group leaders a lot of them said that we would like to find ways to share food so we had the opportunity I know Cameron and Colin and many other children here uh, and Abby too we're busy starting to organize the food for our Thanksgiving baskets and making many gift tags. Uh, and they did an awesome job with that. And then Cameron and Colin also jumped in with the moms and toddlers group because we planned to go and sing and trick or treat at Rose Gardens and it dawned on us that if we all have toddlers, we might need some older voices to help us sing. And so Cameron and Colin uh, and their sister Isabel, they were willing to jump in with us and sing. And I just wanted to share a story about something I noticed Cameron doing that day. They got to walk around with the residents and trick or treat. But Cameron, I noticed, would take the candy back out of his basket and he was giving it, he was giving it back to the residents. And it was, it was really special to see that. And, and Cameron, it just makes me think, what is ways when you were serving that you got to see God at work? Maybe you saw God's sightings. Did you want to share any of those with us? Yes. When I saw the residents smiling and singing with us. It was really special watching how they were really enjoying singing this little light of mine. That was really, really awesome. Thank you, Cameron. And I also, um, at this time, wanted to invite Chris and Carly and Emma to come up and join us. We are part of family small groups here at church. Different family small groups meet. And when family small groups meet, that means they come with children. And that means that we also have a small group that meets with children. And this Friday night family small group, I think I counted there were maybe 16 that would come at one time, and many of them were young, but we had children that ranged in ages from 2 to 11, and so I thought to myself, I think that I should have the children teach these lessons about serving. So I'm going to ask my daughter Abby if she wants to come over here. I just have a couple questions uh, for you. Abby, can you share with Everyone, what was it like serving at Family Small Group and needing to be the teacher of children like Emma's age? What was that like for you? 
It was hard getting them to listen, but when they did, it was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It, I think they all got to learn what it's like to, to get children to listen to their lesson. That's right. And Abby, when you were serving with other friends from church here and teaching the children, was there any way that you saw God at work? I saw them all sharing the toys, and they were like, yeah, sharing the toys. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. So Chris and Carly are some of the adult parts of our family group, and I want them to share some things with you. So Chris, um, and the, your Go and Serve group is planning to visit some uh, elderly members who really can't make it to church very often. How did you come up with that as a plan? Uh, well, it took a little while. So <laughs> we are um, a group of mostly parents of young children, with a few, I would call elder statesmen, for lack of a better term. Um, but, you know, we, and this was obviously our big Friday night out. So the first few weeks we got together, we, you know, were, it was a great atmosphere. We were all very aware that in addition to us trying to put together something to serve, we too were being blessed. Um, because we ordinarily, as anyone who's had a parent, been a parent of young children, you know, for you to be able to go out and serve, someone has to serve you. And in this case, Abby and Lori and Andrew and Rich Gilchrist, they were there giving, not just taking care of our children, but giving them this wonderful experience that they were excited about every week. So we were able to connect as a result of that. And as we were all talking about our different passions and our community, we ultimately really wanted to focus on the fact that people who are struggling or um, have needs often feel very disconnected either from God or from their community and we really wanted to build those connections so we were talking about a lot of different groups and when it came time to actually plan to do something we started making a plan that involved every different group we could imagine and it, it went off the rails a little bit um, we all had a little bit of a hard time kind of nailing something down and when we went away from that week you know I believe that all of us thought prayed, reflected, and thankfully the Holy Spirit kind of worked through all of us individually. So we came back together the next week and all of a sudden we decided that where we should really start is connecting with the people in our own community that unfortunately due to age or, or physical disabilities um, couldn't actually come connect with us on a weekly basis. So we are, are going out there to do that. Um, the greatest part about that is that we could also include our own children in that. And so that's our plan. Mm -hmm. and, and so. Uh, Carly, why did, did the group think that including the kids was such an important part of what you're doing? Well, for me, service has always been a big part of my family, especially um, down in Baltimore. My dad and my grandmother were always uh, members of the church, participating. My, they were both Stephen ministers. Um, so service has always been a big part of that, but there wasn't a great youth program, I felt like, at my church. So coming here, being able to include the children was a huge part of that because service has always been so important. When I talked to my dad about how we were doing that, he was so thrilled and excited that Emma was going to get to see service at such a young age and be able to participate, not just see us do it, but also get to be part of that as well. So getting to include that is important because we get to you know, set a role model, be role models for that next generation and see service as an important part of that. Thank you to Carly and to Chris and Emma and our other speakers over here. That, and thank you for listening to our story. And at this time, I would like to... At this time, um, I'm going to invite uh, Ginger and um, 
Tony and Noreen to come on up and, and share. We're going to share another little piece of our story with you. So come on up here and share with me. So two more of our uh, go and serve groups dealt with um, going out into a facility. Uh, and so we're going to share a little bit about their story. The first group, which Ginger was part of, they went and they did a, um, put on an English tea at the um, Pines Village. And that's a place where um, women live independently. And their goal was to, to find out, make a connection with some of the women there who are um, all widows, an older woman, but live independently, and to see if they could develop a relationship with them. And so in that process, there was a number of things that went on. So um, Ginger, how did you feel, first of all, about getting involved in, um, you know, in, in the first place? And then how did the Holy Spirit help you overcome that? Well, it wasn't just my reaction, but all of the six women in my group were very worried and anxious. Okay, we're supposed to do something for somebody, showing God's love and asking the Holy Spirit to guide us. Okay, so we were filled with worry and anxiety, and we were very honest with each other on our weekly Zoom meetings on Monday night. What are we going to do? Um, how are we going to do it? What is each, each of us going to? What, will it be a disappointment? So we were filled with anxiety and worry. However, God knew how it would turn out. We kept reminding ourselves, he knows, and we just allowed and said it over and over, the Holy Spirit will guide us, and he did. And so what were some of the challenges that your group met that, that you overcame? Well, the, the preparation... Yeah. was the preparation. Yeah, the preparation was actually prayer. We prayed a lot. And we did come to an agreement early on that all of our suggestions would be treated with kindness and respect. And that, that helped us a lot. Uh, challenges. Well, two of the women in our group lived at the Pines, and they wanted to select some ladies who normally don't join in a lot of these senior places. There's tons of activities. They wanted to pick women who maybe are a little bit more reclusive, maybe are not joiners. So Sarah sent out a lot of invitations. And as the weeks went on, women were saying, oh, no, 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 I don't want to go. So we had another thing to worry about. Would anybody show up? We were going to put this formal English tea, you know, with all the trimmings. Would anybody come? And so in between our weekly meetings, we prayed a lot via text messages that people would accept, and they did. So some people did come. And so what were some of the reactions of the women that came to your tea? Well, it turned out to be a lovely event. They were so overwhelmed. And these are not people who normally join. And they were just so thrilled by the, the, the food, you know, cucumber sandwiches. I'm sure I had never made <laughs> cucumber sandwiches with the crust cut off before. And we had, you know, my husband said, nobody's going to eat cucumber. I said, no, John, these are ladies. It's a proper English tea. They will eat the cucumber sandwiches. And they did. And we had singing. And we wasn't too churchy because we didn't know if they were all Christians or church-going people. But we made it clear that we were showing God's love through all of this. So the challenges were that people were rejecting. But then finally, by the event, people did come. Good. And then just share with us real quick where you're going from here with that group. So we are, we are already continuing. It was one-on-one, -on -one, one lady to one 
people from a person from church we've already sent out cards we're going to continue with phone calls we're going to follow up with visits and one thing that happened that was really wonderful is the six of us we didn't really know each other and now we are Christian sisters ongoing. We've bonded, we're sharing joys and sorrows and medical emergencies, and we are really very close, the six of us. That was kind of a side benefit. So thank, thank you, God, for letting us through because we were clueless. So the other, who's first? So the other group that worked with um, an elderly group, the, the first group, they were, being led and, and trained by the Holy Spirit as servers. This group actually found out that God was already way at work ahead of time at where they were going to serve. So I'm gonna ask uh, Tony, so share with us that part. When someone from your group went to the, uh, the, the activities director at the facility for the first time and offered to come and, and do something for them, how was that reaction? That was really pretty amazing because the uh, director was at Magnolia Garden. She responded to our church group by saying, "We were this was an answer to our prayer because we've been praying for this to happen." So uh, that that was she was thrilled really, and uh, so and so were the residents to hear the news, um, and so we had a plan for a visit. Uh, how, did God, oh, now it's not. <laughs> how did God use your time there? In, you went to do a little service for them, but how did God use you beyond that? Well, first of all, I want to say that this is the first time ever I have talked in front of a group, so um, I am completely, completely out of my comfort zone. So please bear with me as I share this story. Um, I have to say that uh, going to an assistant living facility was not our first choice in our group. Uh, the first choice um, became a little too difficult and was a little um, more involved than we had anticipated, uh, so we were unable to finish in the time frame. So we moved on to our second choice. But that being said, God had a plan and we all know he does have a plan. And he led this group exactly to where we were needed and where we were supposed to be. Uh, we ended our lovely service with the Lord's Prayer. And I must say during the prayer, I looked around and I was just delighted to see everybody participating and looking so joyful as they prayed. And it was just, um, a very peaceful moment for me to see that. Um, after that, we individually got to mingle and talk to the residents there. And I have to say they were all like thrilled that we were there and couldn't wait for when we were, would be returning. Um, they said they had prayed to have something like this come to their facility and they felt their prayers were answered that we were finally going to be there. Um, I do want to add that we had no idea what to expect and we were delighted when we walked in to see all these people eagerly awaiting us to arrive. Um, it was, I think, around 25 gals with one gentleman 
And I may add, he looked very comfortable among all the ladies. Um, Thank you. So, can I just add one more thing? I don't want to go over my time limit, but um, some of the residents did ask me about our church. Um, although I am not a longtime member of this church, I was able to answer a lot of their questions because having been born and raised in Tom's River, I grew up with this church in the center of the town. Um, and they were shocked when I told them that our church has been in this community since 1858. So in my future visits, I hope to pursue this conversation because they seem very interested in it. Very cool. And one last, one last question for Tony. How did God bless you in this experience? As our group. Okay. As our group, uh, the reaction, I think, was, was eagerness. Everybody in our group then became eagerness because we had a plan going forward and serving. So everything seemed to be in place and we were comfortable going. And I noticed too that not only did we have a huge group of women and one man, but then another gentleman from the back started to come forward and more women who didn't realize that a service was going on wanted to join in as well. So. Thank you so much to both of you, and what a, great organ what a great opportunity this was to serve in the community in two different ways, in two different places, but same Holy Spirit moving in both things. Thank you so much. You did a beautiful job, Sherry. <laughs> I want to invite Ryan Zay and Denise Rop to join me up here as uh, these uh, two were in two different groups, but there were a few groups that went out that were led to serve very specific families or individuals. And so I want to invite them to share some about their experience. That'll be for you. Ryan, this is for you. Ryan, you were part of one of these groups and... Um, your, your presence certainly made sure that your group was an inter, intergenerational group, which was awesome, and, and a picture of the church family as a whole serving together as they were serving another family. And so just want to add, what did you expect when you joined a grow and, go and serve group? Well, going into this, I really had no idea what to expect. Like when I first signed up for this, I had no idea what I was getting into. And I think that's really the beauty of the Go and Serve group, because none of us had any idea what was going to happen, where we were going to be led by God, but through a lot of praying and a lot of like figuring it out, talking with each other, figuring out what our gifts are and where we're called to, we found a place that we were able to serve and really just show God's love in a very beautiful way. And so what did the Holy Spirit lead your group to go and do? So through the Hope Center yep. next door, we adopted a family that was a single mother of five that were um, struggling with poverty and really going through a tough time. And we were able to meet with them, form a connection with them, and help them and just really show them the love of God through what we were able to do for them. And Denise, you were part of another group that went and you adopted a particular individual. And I know you, uh, you all went and did a number of, of tangible things, but it was also about really the relationship, sharing meals, stories, and that's an ongoing thing. But at the same time, you were approached by another go and serve group um, to see if they could serve you. And so what was it like when the group 
approached you? Well, honestly, I, I, didn't, want to, I didn't want to accept it. I'm going to be 100% honest. I told the group that I needed to pray on it um, because I had a lot of fear. And uh, once I prayed on it, um, the Holy Spirit led me to say yes. And so I was really excited about the opportunity. And so what, through this, as you were resistant, at, but God led you into it, means God had a plan for you as well. And so how did God stretch and grow you through this experience? Well, for the most part, this, I've had hardship um, this past year. It was a very difficult time for me and my family, and um, I never really accepted or asked for help. And I didn't realize that God was teaching me so much more than the group that I was in, this other group coming in to help me, really let me just put my barriers down and trust the Holy Spirit with things I would have never, ever done for me and my family. Nice. And so I know that that group came yesterday. And so what was that like having them there? Uh, The group, I believe it was either 12 or 15 members came into my house and um, they they fixed it up for me where I had some damage done. They also um, replaced my dishwasher and they did yard work and fixed my gutters. And, um, but it, it wasn't about the work that they did. They came in and they helped provide healing through Jesus Christ, of what me and my family truly need in this way of us going forward. And I am beyond blessed for the opportunity for them to actually listen to God and say, we know the family that really needs it, even though she's a church member and, and, uh, that they followed the Holy Spirit to me. And that really, um, honestly, it helped me lose control, (laughs) you know? And I I had to really, 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 for the first time in my life, really rely on the Holy Spirit. And he delivered. Amen. Amen. So thank you so much, Denise, for sharing. Ryan, thank you. So I'd like to welcome Caitlin and Maddie Muller and Eva Curry. Three of our high school group uh, members here. We can come over here. (laughs) That's good. Um, So we actually had two small groups that were involved with this project, one that was led by myself and one that was led by Christine Henbess and Liz Thompson. And we ended up kind of merging together um, after we had just fewer girls than were anticipated at first, um, but it ended up being a beautiful thing. So we met together uh, in the small group time, and we talked for several weeks about where the, the girls' hearts were and where the Holy Spirit was calling us to show up and serve. And, you know, we broke down a lot of different groups, but, but the, the vote was kind of unanimous. Um, I'm so proud of these girls, because I've known them for a long time, for a lot of things, but, but showing them wanting to show their faith with the world, um, even in this small experience that we had, their hearts for service, it was just such a joy. Um, and there was way more than just the three of them, by the way. Um, there was about uh, 10 girls. We ended up landing on the desire to have one-on-one interactions with senior citizens in our community, um, but it was more than just 
the, uh, we didn't want to just show up somewhere and visit. We wanted it to be a little bit more. So we uh, came up, well, I can't say we. The, the, the girls are very creative. I think Liz came up with the title. But we ended up creating a, a little um, project called Memories and Munchies. So we brought, um, some of the girls bought photos or just so anything from their life that might be interesting to the residents um, at the facility we went to, and we asked the residents to do the same, to share their story. So we ended up going to Brandywine Assisted Living, which is in Tom's River. Um, so yeah, we uh, purposely shared memories uh, or stories, and they were so great at allowing this, the senior citizens, the residents time to, to talk while also being willing to share. Um, they also made crafts, beautiful crafts. I was surprised by the art, amount of artistic talent in our group for the residents so that they would have something nice to take back to their rooms with them. So with our catchy title, Memories and Munchies, a lot of prayer and preparation, we headed off to the facility. So um, I'll start with Maddie. Um, once our group decided to serve at Brandywine, did you have any initial thoughts or hesitations or worries? Was there anything you were thinking about before we went? Um, so when we first started talking about going to Brandywine, I was very nervous, but also very eager to get started. I was apprehensive on how the residents would react about us just coming into their home and their space. I was worried the conversations would have been awkward or hard or we wouldn't have anything in common to talk about, but it helped to have my leaders and friends there who I knew were feeling similar through the whole experience. That's awesome. Um, and I'll, I'll go to Eva. Um, after our visit, um, how did you feel or did you feel that the Holy Spirit led us to that place, that that was the right place for this project for us? Yes, so I definitely felt that the Holy Spirit correctly led us to Brandywine. Um, first of all, because after we were done, we all went into the parking lot and there was a little uh, fish koi pond with um, uh, lily pads and everything, it was beautiful. And we all stood there and just talked about our experience and we all had the biggest smiles on our face. We were so happy that we decided to go there and one of the older gentlemen even brought out um, fish food for us, so we got to feed the fish with him, which was an even uh, another amazing experience that we didn't even plan, that just happened. Um, and we all reached the consensus that we felt we had to go back and that we loved our time there. Um, and we even had to make more crafts at our next time visiting for the residents because we didn't have enough the first time, which, which was a great sign. Yeah, the activities director, Stephanie, who was great, and we're gonna, we are going to continue, as Eva mentioned, to partnership with them. She said that only 12 people had signed up, but then there was, I believe, 27 or 28 people that, that kind of just came down or out from their rooms when they saw what was going on. So that was, that was great. Um, Caitlin. Um, so tell us how it felt to chat with some of the residents, which you did a great, I did get to hear some of your, your, um, you're chatting. Did the Holy Spirit move the conversations that you were having? Meaning, like, did you feel that the conversations flowed naturally and you had more in common with these people than you thought you would? Yeah, like you said, we had a lot more friends than we expected, and so I was kind of stretched with a lot. I think I had like eight or nine residents that I was surrounded by, and they wanted my attention <laughs> a lot, and I wanted theirs. Um, and so 
we were able to, the Holy Spirit really allowed us to connect, even though there was a lot of us and not a lot of me. And thankfully, Kate and Christine were able to come and assist with making sure that all their stories were heard. Um, and the communication, we were able to share a lot of stories that I didn't expect to come up. Um, and it was really interesting to hear, like they've lived through so much, they were you know, really into their older years. And it was really interesting to see exactly what they remembered and what had led a, left a big impact on their lives. Absolutely, and you did a great job connecting with them. Um, so I'll ask both, so we, there was different rooms, so some of us were split up into different groups, but Maddie and Eva, they literally separated, were, were there, were in a room um, together. So I'll ask both of you, tell us about how some of your conversations felt and maybe a little bit about what we what you talked about. Um, I know it was you had some crazy stories, you know, to get totally into it, but you can find them and ask them later. Um, but and how it all led back to God. Yeah. So um, our group that we had was in a completely different location than the rest of the residents. We were in like the library, so um, immediately we felt sort of separated and um, very together in our own little group. Um, we talked about a lot of family heritage and personal struggles that even we have gone through in their life and a lot of personal struggles that the elderly have gone in their life. Um, we talked about what our ancestors went through too, and I was really nervous that we weren't going to be able to find a connection and things that we all um, agreed upon because of the age gap, but we concluded that through our struggles, um, God was always with us and we had that similarity. Um, that's why we were able to get through our struggles and be there to talk to each other today because of God and the Holy Spirit working in us. Um, it felt like we were really learning from them, but they also were really picking up on stuff that we were saying and also learning from us in the same way. And it really felt like God just was working and put us in that room for a reason together. Um, for me, it felt like I was really being a disciple and being able to share God's love with them. That's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, Caitlin, I know, well, all three of you, really, but over the years have served in a number of ways, right? You've gone to camps. You've done uh, some work with the children's ministry, audio, visual production team. That's just a couple of things I know offhand. Uh, but how did this, um, or how did our conversations in small group leading up to this and anything you've learned, this is a long question, about God or yourself, prepare you for this different kind of service, which is one-on-one -on -one, instead of some of those other types of service where you're really serving a bigger group of people? Yeah, with like the children's ministry and stuff, there is an expectation and I know what I'm walking into and that I'm gonna enjoy it and take something out of it. But this was kind of a blank slate that we were able to come up with together. So leading up to our service day, um, we talked about what it means for these residents to live with other people in just their age bracket, that they weren't having a lot of visitors and what it means to have visitors that were specifically, you know, younger like us. Um, and we also talked about how sad it is to only see people that are, you know, as old as you or maybe that they're seeing the same people each day and how exciting it was for them to have visitors. Um, God really honed in on me as we talked about um, loss and mourning and how God teaches us to, to comfort people that are mourning, because a lot of my residents had lost their spouses very recently. We had people that had lost them in the last couple of years. Even one lady who was enjoying talking about her husband that she had lost just a month ago. Um, and so we talked about the comfort that knowing 
that their spouses are now with God in heaven and that they're pain-free. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I think I know the answer to this question, but are you all interested in going back and serving again? Yes. At, Brand at Brandywine? Yeah, all right. Thank you so much, ladies. You, were, you, were, you did an amazing job, and we're so grateful for you. So thank you. And now I would like to invite up um, Allie Hovance to do our, scripture, our next scripture reading. Our reading today comes from James chapter 1, verses 17 through 27. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be kind, what we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whatever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Okay, I'm gonna hand this. <clears throat> so, if you're watching the clock, which I understand, you're nervous right now, because I just stood up. But here's the thing, <laughs> truly very short, we have so much to celebrate. We have so much to be thankful for as we go into this Thanksgiving week. God's every good and perfect gift, said James, comes down from above, from the Father in heaven. Every good gift, provision, family, security, health, hope for today, for tomorrow, and what we've been celebrating this morning is his good work in us is not done, and yet he's committed to continuing it. He's going to keep stretching us and growing us until we become more and more like Jesus. We also celebrate what he's doing through us. You've heard story after story, and we'll get to hear from one more after, after I'm done because it's a story worth telling. 
Because as James said, the religion that our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Over these last weeks, we have gone and we have served among widows, among orphans, among the hurting, the lonely, the distressed, the isolated, the weak, the broken, the homeless. It's part of what we're called to continue to do. But we don't go and serve and we don't do this because we're better than others. This is not just a great big pat on our back. We don't go and serve and do this because we're trying to make God love us more. We don't go and serve and do this because we're trying to make ourselves love ourselves more. No, we go and serve because God already loves us. Because, as James said, we peer into the perfect law that gives freedom. What he's talking about is the gospel, the good news of God's profound love for you and for me through Jesus Christ. His life, his death, his resurrection for you and for me. It leads to freedom. A freedom that we don't have to fix ourselves, we don't have to improve ourselves. God's going to do it. A freedom to love and serve others, not to look out for ourselves or our own interests. Free because we are loved by God. And we have been served by the God of the universe who sent his son to serve, to suffer, to die, to rise for us. Because that was his mission. That's why the Father sent the Son that he could bring salvation and forgiveness and reconciliation and healing to all that sin has broken and ultimately bring restoration to all things underneath the rule and the reign of King Jesus. And when we go and serve, we participate in that mission and we bring a little bit more of life under the reign of our King. Friends, that's why we go and serve, because we are loved so that we can love others and we can connect them to the full life in Jesus Christ that we have for us. And so we get to hear one more story this morning, illustrating, showing once again God's work in us, God's work through us. And so I'm going to invite you to hear actually on video, Mike McGarrett couldn't be with us this morning, but the story was too, too, I think, profound to not share today. And so you can watch part of this story right now. One night I just had a dream. There was like, I guess, like a younger guy. I couldn't tell where we were. It wasn't at a house or a condo or anything like that, but we were helping him and there was a a small child with him. And the man that we were helping was fine. He didn't look like he was in distress or anything like that. He was actually happy. And I woke up after the dream and I said to myself, I don't know what that means, what that was about. I fell back to sleep. I had the same exact dream, and at the end of the dream, a voice said, don't worry about it, you're going in the right direction. I called uh, our group leader, Larry Big, and I left a message on his phone about my dream, and then on our next Zoom meeting, I talked about what we talked about it in the group, and we had a meeting the following Friday with uh, Code Blue members. Code Blue, when the temperature hits 35 degrees, that's when the homeless go to the facility and somebody stood up and spoke and it was a gentleman about the same age in my dream 
and he said he got involved with Code Blue because he was homeless at one point. Now he's helping out Code Blue, and there was a child the same age as the one in my dream, and then when I left, I was like, it just hit me. That's it, that's why we're down the right path. That's the person we're helping. So our group got involved with Code Blue now. Yeah, I think that was the role that God had given me to play my group is to have the dream and bring the message to my group that we're in the right direction and this is what we should be doing. So I'm going to invite Larry and Sue Vig to join me just for a moment. So God was speaking, speaking to Mike in a dream. We make ourselves available and open. It's amazing what he will do and how he will speak to us. And so, Larry, uh, I know Mike said he called you and left a message after he'd had that dream. So what was it like receiving that call from Mike and hearing about his dream? It was, it was. Oh, you're good. It was amazing, and I've replayed it several times again yesterday after we spoke and stuff. That uh, I did not have that experience that got me involved with with uh, what what our group chose. Uh, mine occurred when we were previewing movies that were shown by the Presbyterian women what two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, and the five thousand blankets. Mm -hmm. Was, <clears throat> was one of the ones. I'm sorry, my voice. I'm going to see a doctor in a couple of weeks and try and figure out what's going on. <clears throat> but anyway, it. Uh, I had when we were watching those movies, I felt that that was where I wanted to go, yeah. but I didn't want to push the group that way. I wanted to see, and then Mike uh, came up with this this dream, yeah. and I'm going. Yeah, amazing. God was yeah. prompting him and prompting you at the same time. And so, so what did your group end up deciding to do? Okay, we've, we've decided to serve in, uh, right now we're doing just Code Blue through a group in Tom's River called Just Believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have a facility uh, on Park Department property. It, the building has been several things over the years. First, we went down uh, Saturday the 4th of November, and we helped them clean up the facility and get ready because the following week was when they were going to start when the temperature dropped to 35, which that's a Tom's River rule. In most places, it's 32 degrees, but here we give them, uh, we want to take them in a little sooner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, we cleaned the facility. Uh, our, another group joined in with us, Dan and Diane Izzard's, Izzard's group, uh, who's much larger than mm -hmm. ours. Ours is basically four, mm -hmm. I think, four working yeah. members and one who's physically unable, but yeah. provides input as well. No <clears throat> and, and Sue, I'm wondering for you, how has this experience been for you? As you, then you now have gone and you have hosted one of these Code Blue nights where you, you have these folks. And so what's this been like for you? Um, it's, I've been excited about doing it, but my comfort zone has been challenged. Um, I like to be in the clothing closet, so um, sorting clothes. I like being behind the food table, putting out food, but it's very hard to step around and go talk, which is what I wanted to gain. Go talk to those that are out there. Um, 
I did manage to go talk to one woman. I think she was basically mostly the only woman in there. But um, this is going to be my challenge. And I, at first, I was only going to work in the gift shop or <laughs> I was going to sort clothes. And this is where I ended up. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to see where this goes. Yeah, thanks. And this, this work is ongoing. And so many of these you heard this morning are ongoing because it's not just about a project. It's a life. Following Jesus is a life lived serving so many others. So thank you so much for, for sharing your story this morning. Well, thank you so much for being here. I know it was long. And so we've learned some things. So when we do this again. But God's worth celebrating. And the work that he's doing is worth celebrating in our lives. And so I hope you'll stick around, continue to celebrate, continue to share stories of your participation, continue to just get to know folks that you don't know. But as we go now to celebrate and give thanksgiving, go with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.